Welcome to Sofo Vedas Podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal imbalances in the mind, body, and spirits. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self is now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soulful Vedas Conversation. We are super excited today because we have a special guest, um, Ashley from Ashley Ayurveda. We'll be sharing her Ayurvedic wisdom and yoga knowledge today and we're just so jazzed for it. I actually, yes, so I actually met um, Ashley when we were in our Ayurvedic Health Counselor Internship that was in California and she is based out in Florida, but I loved her energy and I see all the stuff that she's doing with Ayurveda. And I think it's so important to get empowered, inspired by our community and what we're doing. So Ashley, I would love to just start out and our audience getting to know you a little bit better. Um, When did you first start to receive that call to enter this world of yoga and Ayurveda? Long time ago. It really started with um, being frustrated with all of my issues. Um, yeah, so I couldn't really, I had a lot of digestive issues. I was bloated, I think for like two years. Um, and it was frustrating. So I started kind of, um, diving into holistic health stuff because I wanted to learn what I, what to eat, um, to be healthy because there were so many different diet fads all over the place. Um, and I had no idea which one I needed to do. Um, so yeah, then I did, um, an integrative health coaching. I went, I went to the integrative health coaching Institute. I think that's what it's called. I can't even remember now. Um, yeah. And they actually talked about Ayurveda in it. And then they talked about Ayurveda within my yoga teacher training, which, um, I kind of jumped into, kind of almost unconsciously, actually, I just, I think a part of me led myself to the yoga teacher training. and I didn't really know why I was just like, I'm gonna do it, whatever, it'll be fun. And I had no idea why. And then yeah, I learned Ayurveda about Ayurveda, there we had a little intro to Ayurveda class, I learned more in that holistic health coaching course that I did. Um, and then I was like, okay, Actually, it was two years later, I think, that I started studying Ayurveda. Um, But basically, all of it was just trying to unconsciously, it was me just trying to come back to myself. And once I came back to myself, I had all these revelations and realizations, and um, I wanted to really start sharing all of it. So yeah, that's how I'm here now. (laughs) I love that. And I can connect with that so deeply. And I think a lot of Ayurveda practitioners can connect with, it's not just kind of like that one call, it's multiple that keep coming towards you. That's like, okay, this name keeps coming up for some reason that there's obviously has to be a reason for why. And I'm so interested and I love it so much every time I learn about it. And I want to get deeper into understanding, um, you know, your story, because I think it's so important for our audience and others in general, just to know what it is that, um, what an imbalance was, um, so that they can know how to heal themselves too. So you said that you were bloated for two years and you had digestive issues. Um, do you want to go in a little bit deeper into that? Yeah. So that, um, really stemmed from my eating disorder, which stemmed from 
some, you know, obviously a deeper root of just this emotional, I was really had no, before that, like around my eating disorder time, I had no connection to anything higher than me, first of all. Um, So I was really confused. I was just caught up in all of my emotions. And I'm a very sensitive person as well. I'm, um, I'm a vata pitta with a good amount of vata in me. Um, So like very sensitive and soak up a lot of emotions around me and within me and had no healthy way to really digest and understand any of my emotions. Um, And then so there was a lot of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Um, I, my voice shut down as well. So my throat chakra was just completely like, I was completely disconnected from my throat chakra. Um, And so with all of that together, low confidence, low self-esteem, I, yeah, moved into the eating disorder and it was a good chunk of time. I think it was from like age 14 to 19 or 20-ish. I think like the year from 19 to 20, I was really, really moving out of it. There were just like maybe like a relapse of like twice within the year. So yeah, that range of time. And it was um, bulimia. So I would binge eat and then purge and throw it up. Um, And I would make myself throw up too. So Ayurvedically speaking, thinking about that first eating more than your stomach can handle to digest um, and then completely halting the digestive process and making it go the opposite way that it's supposed to go. So my digestive system then was like, okay, I like no idea what's going on and I'm stressed out like so much. And I'm also already a vata more of a vata digestive constitution as well, um, which is pretty fragile as well. Um, so all of that mixed together, I, after like, I think it was around like 2021, um, when I started like um, eating a little healthier, I didn't quite understand um, bringing structure into my life yet. So hence bloating as well. Um, I started eating better and I stopped the whole binging and purging process that had pretty much been done. And I was, I was seriously bloated for two years straight. Um, and that's just like aftermath effects of the stress I put on my digestive digestive system with the eating disorder. Um, and yeah, I would like, I'd be bloated all day. I think the only time I wasn't bloated for the first like year or so, was when I'd wake up. But then after a while, like, I my body wouldn't even reset during sleep, like I was just bloated all the time. Um, so yeah, that definitely launched me into trying to, you know, figure stuff out. And then it wasn't until um, Ayurveda and really, really focusing on Ayurveda for a good chunk of time that that shifted. And I'm now like, now my digestive system is completely different. um, And my stress response to life is completely different with Ayurveda. So yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story and yeah, being so vulnerable with us. And it's, it's so crazy to think of that type of transformation where, you know, the digestive system is completely upheavaled and then to having what you're experiencing today, just from, you know, one science that that's called Ayurveda. And 
you know, we want to dive into what does it mean to live Ayurvedically? And I would love to hear what are some of the first recommendations that you remember that were the most healing for you that came from the science? Um, they were, I think like the first two, um, the first one I remember standing out to me was taking responsibility, personal responsibility. Um, that shifted me a lot. And that was actually probably a good couple of years of fully understanding how to take um, full responsibility for ourselves or for myself. Um, and then that and the primordial cause of disease, learning that as our forgetting our true nature spirit um, and really learning who I truly was as divine and as spirit that shifted a lot of perspectives for me. And I think that's what really kind of set the process, the mental process of healing the um, and moving through the eating disorder and not not having that issue at all anymore, because I'm still to this day, like dumbfounded um, of like or not really dumbfounded, but in awe of how I had this eating disorder for like a good few years and I thought I would never be free of it. And then I learned um, the spiritual teachings that Ayurveda had to offer and yoga had to offer, and it completely shifted me and I don't have those impulses at all anymore. Wow. I love hearing that you really connected to the root cause of the disease and you you went from that standpoint because, you know, oftentimes Ayurveda is such a physical science where it's what foods are you eating and eating consciously and creating the optimal environment, but you said it so beautifully, the primordial cause of disease is forgetting your true nature spirit and truly that lock, that lack of connection to divine and to recognizing the, the seed of our higher self within is can just, that will track you on perfectly. That's like really what sets up the optimal environment for you to heal. So how did you start to find that connection within? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Um, it came in a lot of a lot of ways and through many things. Um, it just started like seeping into my life with Ayurveda training. Of course, we talked a lot about philosophy, and I remember that being a big game changer for me. Just learning about all the philosophies because we learned about. Um, the six traditional Indian philosophies, all of them are like pretty similar, but they're also a little different. And I remember when we were diving into those and learning them, um, a lot of perspectives within me were shifted. I started showing up differently. Um, I started responding to things differently. And just like that there opened up so many doors to myself. And then it just kept going from there. I kept reading. Um, I read more yoga books. I got more into yogic philosophy. Like it just, it opened the door and I kind of like slid down the slide of spirituality and got more and more connected with myself and eventually was able to finally enjoy and get into meditating. And then meditating has really helped a lot along with um, chanting, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that. And it makes so much sense because like you said, you needed structure, right? That earth element bringing into your, your body. And that's what you were getting on the philosophical and the spiritual side was 
you needed the structure of the philosophy and knowing these ancient traditions and where they came from. And that provided the structure for you to, to recognize the divine within. And then meditation, I mean, the most structured practice yet without structure um, so that you can really free your mind from, from the ego. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. So what does it mean to you to, to live Ayurvedically? I mean, you've had this, this great journey in, in healing your body, but, and you know, and I know that evolves every year. It's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, but yeah, just for our audience, you know, that they're dipping their toes into Ayurveda. What does that mean to you? Um, right now to me, it means living intuitively. Uh, but really before that, because I think if you had, if someone had told me to like live intuitively um, back when I was like 19 or 20, I would have been like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do that. Like, I have no idea. So before that, I mean, again, a big part of Ayurveda is just remembering who you are. So first remembering who you are as divine, who like the capital you are. Because we are the capital U and the lowercase U, so the higher self and the lower self. We are both. Um, and really living intuitively is being able to discern between that higher self and that lower self. Because the lower self has these cravings. Um, and then the higher self has more of these like desires. And being able to really decipher between the two and let the soul guide and move through you um, regularly. And I think Ayurveda um, helps, is really great with that because first it does create that structure of understanding the elements. So understanding our environment more, understanding ourselves more, understanding who we truly are. And then with those like foundations, foundational understandings, we can then start to move intuitively with it. Um, and that's also what they said during our training is that we're going to stick to the basics and then eventually we'll understand the basics so well that we can go more move more intuitively with it within our practice with others so yeah right now if i were to say it my main focus and my main understanding in one sentence of what living ayurvedically is is it's um living intuitively oh i love that and yeah, I love that you brought it back to the elements. So for our listeners who um, don't remember what the elements are, there's five elements in Ayurveda. There's earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And we often refer to this as the intuitive template because once we understand these elements and what they actually mean, then we truly have the the, uh, the knowledge of Ayurveda in the palm of our hand. We, we can understand everything so much more. And it's not because we're going by what the book is saying. It's that it's that remembering that you said it's you're starting to remember what you already knew, which is that these elements are all within us and that we just have to work with them and work with them in, in the pairs of opposites. Yeah. And remembering what the elements are and like relearning them um, is kind of like we're gaining the colors to paint with and then we can just paint our lives and ourselves from there. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So we're talking a lot about the spiritual aspect of Ayurveda, which I agree is, is my favorite um, area, I guess you could say, about Ayurveda to talk about. 
And for those who are, are, are trying to start to live Ayurvedically, they start to read about it, they understand it, they think it's intuitive. How can they start um, living Ayurvedically, let's say if they didn't have a spiritual practice? Hmm, I would say it kind of depends on the person, of course. Um, and But I, I think when I, I generally, for those people who come into my office, um, I will give them a spiritual book, um, and that could range from many. One that I've given a lot is A Return to Love by Miriam, Miriam Williamson. I love that one. Oh, I love her. Yeah, that's such an amazing book, too. And especially those who have, like, those um, eating disorders or, like, self-destructive kind of behaviors, um, I definitely give that one to them. Um, or I'll t- like have a session where I'm, we're just talking about philosophy and then, um, I'll also recommend going to a yoga class. Um, cause sometimes, I mean, there's those people who really learn well by reading and perspective shifts and then others who, um, learn better by just getting it into their body and moving, um, and connecting to their body that way or connecting to themselves that way. So I'd recommend go doing some yoga or some mind, mindful movements, um, whatever that looks like, because there are so many different classes out there now. Um, and I'd say those are like the two main, if the spiritual base isn't there yet, I'd, I'd start with those. Yeah, I love that. I, I totally agree. I think some people need that knowledge and that intellect just to kind of spark something within. And then, you know, other people are more of the experience and they, they really need to feel it in their own body and then have their own perception of it. And then it's kind of like, then the intellect kind of verifies that with, with your own experience. And so there's so many other pieces to Ayurveda. Now talking more about, you know, the physical body and, and how we can live Ayurvedically in that sense I'd love to hear what your day-to-day routines are under the the scope of an Ayurvedic practice. Going back to like structure now then, I have had a hard time with structure at times because I was trying to put a lot of structure into my life and coming about it in a way that wasn't working for me. So just recently, I've started to kind of unravel this structure and realize that because I am a bata nature, I am meant to kind of be within that bata nature, which is kind of a little all over the place, um, but just kind of like flying by the seat of my pants. I need a little bit of that to feel alive. Um, and I was trying to structure myself a little too much. So um, I've been shifting that, basically that routine a little bit and adding a little less earth, a little less or taking a little less earth, a little less structure out of it, um, and really structuring my day with those spiritual practices because I enjoy them so much. Um, and that has been very helpful for me lately. So it kind of looks like waking up and connecting to my body a little bit with breath, um, and then visualization, chanting, and meditation. And then midday, I'll do some more meditation and visualizations um, and maybe some affirmations. And then at night, I will do more affirmations, more meditation. Um, And then also 
starting the morning with some more warm water with lemon and then ending the night with a calming like chamomile um, tea. And so that's really, that's the structure I've got going on right now. And then I let everything else kind of fill into the day. I love that so much because, you know, and, and I don't know if there's a certain dosha that we can relate to this, but when we first learn Ayurveda and there is so much structure and there's so much science that you, you want to revere it and you've, you felt the benefits yourself. So it's, you, you kind of get into this almost reductionist viewpoint, even though it's a very expansive science, but I've even gotten that in my own ways of being like, no, it has to be this way or, or not, you know, and it, it really isn't. It, it's all encompassing. It's all loving and nurturing. And for sure, there are things that we have to follow in order to get a certain goal met or a result that we're looking for. But I love that you found that within yourself that no, like your innate nature is freedom, especially being Vata, you need to let that creativity go. And if you structure it too much, then it doesn't have that wiggle room to just release and and let you really speak your mind. Yeah. And also the, like our routines can change as well. Like it doesn't need to stay the same all the time. And I mean, Ayurveda definitely says this, but it can change even more than I thought it could a while ago. So I'll even, I'll, I'll change my routine or structure now, probably like every three or four months at least. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's really important because we're ever evolving and, you know, that could even mean that you change it with the seasons too. So what have you noticed um, by infusing your day with, you know, three times of, of spiritual work and, and meditation and chanting? What kind of shifts have you noticed in your body, mind, or spirit? My body has changed a lot lately. Um, my body now physically will respond to chanting, which kind of then gives me a clearer picture of like what needs to be focused on. So. Um, right now I'm chanting, to give you an example, I'm chanting um, or making the vowel sounds of each chakra. Um, and as I make those vowel sounds, if I get to certain chakras, my body will start to shake. Um, and then if I continue to breathe with it, it'll start to like wave. But if I basically, if I get to that solar plexus chakra, it starts to shake a little bit. Um, generally to me, that means that there's something there that needs to release like energy that needs to be able to freely flow through the system. That's not quite doing it yet. Um, you continue chanting it you continue breathing and then that energy moves through your system and you're not holding on to, um, any part of like the previous day that you didn't fully digest. It's then that energy is then flowing through you. Um, so that has changed and I think that changes with, I think that changed because I, I've gotten more and more connected to my body. And now my body is more, it's, my body is easier to respond to certain things that I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's so fascinating just to note, be, have that level of awareness, but also to just be with that shaking and I think it's so interesting because, you know, animals, when they get hurt or yeah, when they get hurt or suffer, they go out in the forest and they shake, right. Until they can release the trauma. And so the fact that you're experiencing that just from the power of mantras and and how powerful mantras are is incredible. Yeah. And actually when I was shaking too, like, these are just like, these are primal bodily expressions. Um, 
that we don't always do. So like, even like if you feel um, nervous, sometimes you'll kind of like take your hands into a fist and you'll like um, shake your hands out and like almost like you're shaking water or something off your hands. You're just kind of like shaking it. You're like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. And you just, you'll naturally do that with your body. I remember like, because I mean, the heart chakra is the air element. So that nervousness is just like so much air in that space and in the head. So if you use the body to almost just like shake that air out or like shake it down into the floor and like use the shoulders as well, it can just like release all that like quick air moving around your upper body and just like shake it and calm it down. It's, it's really cool. It's just like these natural things that we do sometimes um, that can shift our entire energy space. Oh, I love that. And yeah, it's just a matter of tuning in in that moment and, and being aware with the body and the mind connection. And I mean, all these all are tools, but this one's such an innate one that that is accessible to anyone. I, I love shaking as well. Yeah. So and allowing yourself to express as well. Yes, totally. Right. I love that. And, and that's what you use in, in your, um, in your chanting as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you, do you always use, um, the Bija mantras for your chakras or what other types of chanting do you use? No. Yeah. So I'm using the vowels right now. So you often use the Bijas, but, um, yeah, lately I've been doing, so like the vowel for the root is, uh, like a huh. Um, and the heart is ah, and then um, solar plexus is o, and sacral is ooh, and then crown is e. So you can like make those vowel sounds, and yeah, the vowels connect to the chakras. That's- oh, I love that. I haven't I haven't used that before. Yeah, I am loving that right now. It's fun. Okay, I want to go more into. Um, meditation now because you said that was such a transformational practice and I couldn't agree more that is really where things started to shift and keeping a consistent meditation practice and there's a lot out there on meditation I think and I think meditation and mindfulness sometimes get confused with one another um so I'd love to hear well let's talk about two different aspects about meditation I'd love to hear first if someone's a beginner into meditation, what would you recommend for them? And then for someone who's feeling kind of stuck on their meditation practice, what would you recommend for them? So um, new to meditation, I would start with a walking meditation or um, a guided visual meditation. And that really depends on the person because some people who are newer to meditation have a hard time with the visuals. Um, for them, I just would definitely start with a walking meditation and then creating, maybe creating a structure, again, depending on the person, creating a structure of like five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, um, focusing on the breath or focusing on the mantra, depending on the person. Um, and then someone who's feeling stuck in meditation, um, I would depending on what they're doing now, I would introduce them into another style of meditation um, or some of the many like meditation 
um, tools there are like Insight Timer and there are podcasts as well and they're all different um, along with going to group meditations. Group meditations are if you're bored with meditation just go to a group meditation because then it heightens everything and it's just like so much fun. Oh I love that. I Group meditation so it's such an interesting one that you bring up too because basically what you're doing is you're creating a collective field when you're in a meditation right and it's if everyone is on that higher frequency, then you're basically creating that optimal environment for your body to heal with that same frequency, which could be so powerful. Yeah. And it can even take you deeper as well. So I like every time I go to a group meditation, um, I feel as though things are just like heightened and it's, I, I also love being around people. It's kind of like a social butterfly kind of thing. So group meditations are are cool. So for living Ayurvedically, what do you feel is the biggest challenges? And this can be ones that you've experienced firsthand and then some that you've worked on with your clients as well. Probably changing habits or adding a habit or like adding another routine into your um, schedule. That can be very hard sometimes. I definitely have had a hard time with that as well. Um, yeah, I would say challenges is just shifting habits. The, that's the biggest one. And also um, this idea of, oh, I need to be doing all of these things, all these Ayurvedic tools and principles. I need to do them every day. And if I don't do them every day, then I'm doing something wrong or this and that. Oh, uh, one of the struggles or challenges is just overcoming that you're never doing anything wrong. You're never doing anything bad. Um, you're going to do everything you can today and everything that feels aligned today. And if you don't do some of these other things, it's completely fine. Yes, totally. And what I love about the um, shifting of the habits is that it's always what we resist that ends up being the thing that that heals us the most, right? Because it's like our biggest hurdle that we have to get over. And it, that's where I really think the mindset comes in a lot with Ayurveda and really getting down to, okay, like you said, when you were healing your body was the spiritual connection and, and healing that whole that mindset and that perspective. And I really feel like that is underneath all the habits, right? Because it's not that you don't want to start meditating or it's not that you don't want to start eating an Ayurvedic diet, right? It's that you just, the, whatever that mental blockage is that's, that's preventing you from, from doing that. Have you noticed, you know, through the start of your journey, it was, it was a lot on, um, you know, the eating disorder and healing that mindset. But now that you have been practicing Ayurveda for years, what are some of the mental blockages that you still come across in your own practice? Um, I definitely do still find, um, you know, I'm still like blaming my circumstances for how I'm feeling or why I'm not doing something that I might have said I, I will do something like that. I definitely, yeah, I definitely still find myself blaming the circumstances. And that goes back to taking full responsibility for, for yourself, which was in our, I think our intro manual before we even got the textbook. It was in our intro manual, like the second page. You got to take full personal responsibility for yourself. Um, 
and I do, that's still a block. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's a block actually, but it definitely still comes up and I still realize it, realize that I am blaming my circumstances. Um, and once I'm able to acknowledge that, I can then step back and say, okay, it, I'm not going to blame anymore. I'm not, not doing this because of this and this. I'm just not doing it. And yeah, I, I'd say right now, it's the only block I'm consciously aware of. Yeah, I think that's so profound because it's it goes back to the idea of karmas, right? And we have these karmas or these grooves that are etched in us and they could be a, as deep as how many lives that we've lived, right? And once we bring conscious to them, then it's that constant smoothing of the groove where it comes up every time and we acknowledge it, we feel it and we let it pass. And so it's important to understand that concept because if you feel like when you deal with something that it's over and done with, and then you see it again, then it kind of puts that you in that position of, Oh shoot, why aren't I healing now? Or why is this coming up for me again? And it's blaming the self um, that, that really, what it really comes down to. And I think it's so important just to acknowledge that, Oh, this is still here. And now I'm just releasing it again and acknowledging it. So, you know, I say mental blockage, but for you on that level, it's just simply bringing awareness to what you already know is there and just that constant smoothing of it. I know I I for sure have my own um, mental tendencies and sometimes I call them limiting beliefs. I I follow a lot of Byron Katie's work and I love her process of, of releasing the beliefs. So I'm with you on that same wavelength. And as soon as you find that root cause of your imbalance um, of, okay, I'm blaming others for my own actions, or for me, it was, um, I'm not enough. And so I would kind of be a people pleaser or always trying to do everything for others and not fill my own cup, whatever. When you find that that root limiting belief is, is really where the healing can happen. And that's where it unlocks everything because now you've gotten down to the core of it. So on a spiritual level, that that's so important. And, you know, on a physical level too, it's important to know. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the physical level that we obscure from the spiritual one, but all in all, it is pieces to the puzzle. And so I'd love to hear more about your journey from the physical standpoint. So if we were to kind of just take a pause for away from the spiritual side, but looking at, you know, the healing of the digestive system, what kind of changes to your diet and mindful eating habits did you pick up for your own healing? For that, it definitely followed um, a vata, pitta kind of protocol. So um, for a while, it was mainly just cooked foods. Again, because my digestive system was just tired. Um, so I gave my body things that were really easy to, to digest. Um, my boyfriend now fiance actually um you like still kind of like makes fun of me he's like oh you're eating mush or you're eating baby food and like yeah I'm trying to be nice to my stomach (laughs) so yeah definitely that um and then I because I remember in the earlier stages um just a little bit a little bit of raw food and I would be I would be bloated right away um so yeah, definitely a lot of cooked foods, um, really getting familiar with spices and cooking with them. And warm water with lemon with my meals also helped a lot, along with ginger, fresh ginger tea. I would drink that like throughout the day just to kind of help my body digest and 
move toxins out of my system. Um, but it really wasn't until um, I dove deep into the spirituality of everything and got connected to limiting beliefs and kind of unwinded a bit from myself that I really actually noticed that my digestive system was fully functioning properly. I mean, those, the mental and the emotional and the spiritual all really affect what the physical body is doing. Oh, I love that. And first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. And, um, and second, I totally feel you on the mush. I definitely always get made fun of from my family. Like you literally just eat baby food and it's just, it's so funny because it's so natural now to do, but especially when you have a Vox imbalance, which, you know, I've read before that 70% of all diseases have a Vox imbalance. So um, it's, it's very prominent and eating cooked foods is huge for that, huge for that. Um, it, it, it transforms the digestion the digestive system so simply. And of course, spicing your food as well. I think it's so interesting just to see the connections with the health in India in comparison to us and, you know, all the beautiful spices that they use and how healing that could be. And it's such a simple switch too and can do wonders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you put it so beautifully how it's, it really is all connected that even if we're talking about the physical body, it's we're still talking about the mental and the spiritual body. It's always going to be linked together. It's just when you focus on one of those parts of it, it's, you're just seeing it through that lens. So for example, when you're looking at your conscious eating habit of, um, you know, for vatas, sometimes vatas like to snack all day. And so, you know, eating in a calm and a peaceful environment or waiting three hours in between meals so that their digestive system can have the time to really digest everything you know, that can be related back to your, your spiritual imbalance, you can call it, or that, that limiting belief that's blocking it and how you can see how that threads to your conscious eating habit. Right. Yes. Yeah. That quickness of vata, not sitting down and eating and moving while you eat. And yeah. Um, okay, great. So just a, just a few more questions. So how can our audience start living Ayurvedically today? I know, you know, this is obviously going to be based on their dosha. Um, but if we can give some simple tridoshic recommendations for them that they can start doing um, for their healing journey. Uh, okay. So the first one I say to, I think everyone who asks this general question, just like start doing Abhyanga. If that's all you ever did, that's great. Um, so yeah, Abhyanga self-oil massage. Uh, because I'm in Florida, I generally recommend the coconut oil because it's just always kind of warm here. Um, coconut oil is a little more cooling, still pretty grounding. Um, and then, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So coconut oil is, um, cooling grounding. If you're, um, in a cooler environment or in a cooler season, then you can use sesame oil. Um, almond oil is also a kind of, or sorry, not almond. Yeah. Almond oil is kind of a neutral. It's not hot or cold. Um, and it's not too heavy or too light. So you can also use that one. Um, but yeah, use an oil and, um, you're just going to take that oil and start at your hands 
rub the oil in your hands, go through your fingers. Each finger actually connects to different elements. Um, you can kind of wiggle at each finger, see which one's um, tight. And you'll, it'll actually kind of give you insight into which element needs a little more focus or attention. Um, so the thumb is connected is the ether or space element. The pointer finger is the air element. Middle finger is the fire element. It's funny because we flick people off with the fire element. Um, or the fire finger. <laughs> and then the ring finger is the water element. Also funny because we put the engagement and wedding rings on the water emotional finger. Um, and then pinky is earth. So yeah, you can kind of wiggle them, see how they are. You can also do that with the toes. They're the same. Um, so yeah, rub that oil on your hands um, through the fingers and then move up to your wrists kind of circling around the wrist and then long strokes up the forearms, do cir um, clockwise circles on the elbows and all, all on all the joints and then up the arms. So you go up the arms and into the heart space. Um, if you are a woman, you can cir circle, circle through the boobs or the breasts or whatever you want to call them. Um, and then into the digestive system. And you can go clockwise a few times on the belly, moving into those intestines and letting the peristaltic um, motion kind of increase with your hands or your hands helping that. Um, and then into the hips and down the legs for grounding, you'll end with the feet and really take some time on the bottoms of your feet to get connected to all those nerve endings and all those acupressure points. Just give them a nice little massage. Generally in Ayurveda, we say um, to at least take 15 to 20 minutes with that process and then leave it, leave the oil on for at least 15 minutes. And then um, if the oil doesn't soak into your body all the way, uh, then you can take a warm shower, rub the oil in even more as the warm water is hitting your skin. Um, the warm water actually open your pores and allow for the oil to soak into your skin a little bit more. And um, then you can also rinse off the extra oil and then you can be ready for the day or ready for bed without getting oil on everything. That is the long process of Abhyanga. Um, Abhyanga helps to stimulate the lymphatic system. It also increases a lot of self-love, um, which all of us could use, could use more of. Um, so that's the long way to do it, the sh like shorter way to do it. Um, I will sometimes just do it in the shower with the water, just connecting to my body and massaging and touching and loving on my body and loving on myself. Um, and yeah, you can do that without the oil. But the oil does, oil in the Vedic term um, for oil is snehana, which also means to love. So oil, oiling your body is basically just loving on your body. And so yeah, definitely recommend Abhyanga to everyone because it's just simple and it's amazing. And then, uh, okay, so another one I would say is definitely... Um, starting your morning off with some warm water. You can add lemon or depending again on your dosha, you can have an herbal tea. Um, but warm water with lemon is like a warm shower for your insides. So we take showers for the outside of our body. We want to do the same for 
the inside of our body for our digestive system. Um, just kind of wake it up and brush it out or wash it out. And then um, another tridoshic simple one is also getting a tongue scraper and um, scraping your tongue every morning. So our tongue is like a map of our digestive system and um, different organs within our body. So as we scrape the tongue, we're going to scrape off any impurities that built up on our tongue while we were sleeping. Um, so any toxins, any, anything that lodged onto the tongue, you scrape it off lightly with the tongue scraper. And then you're also stimulating your tongue, which is like one of the first parts of the digestive system. So you're waking the digestive system up in that as well and getting your body really ready to go for the day. So um, you'll scrape your tongue off, then drink some warm water with lemon in the morning, and then maybe you do a little abhyanga, whether that's with oil or not, but just connecting to your body and loving on your body. Um, you can even say, if you have affirmations that you're saying, um, you can say affirmations while you're doing the abhyanga, while you're connecting to your body. And definitely, if there's any part of your body that you're touching that feels like, ooh, I don't really want to touch there, um, stay there a little longer and take a few deep breaths just with your hand on that spot. You can even visualize that area of your body expanding on your inhale and releasing on your exhale and really getting connected to each part of yourself because um, your mind and your emotions are within your body. So as you're connecting to these parts of your physical body, you're also connecting to lodged emotions or even belief systems stored within the body. So yeah, those are my little three, three tips. Oh, I love all of that so, so much. The way that you described Avianga is just absolutely beautiful. I, That's amazing. If, if no one wants to jump and oil their body right now, I don't know when you will <laughs> want to. Um, but I totally agree. That's one of the most nourishing practices that Ayurveda has. And it's it's such a mind-body connection. And you know when we talk about these limiting beliefs and this mindset, it really can come full circle with the practice of Abhyanga because you can feel where that limiting belief lives inside your body, whether it makes sense or not. But when you feel it, when you're rubbing over that part of your body and then you stay with it. And I love your idea of bringing in the affirmation. It's like when we're bringing light to these shadow sides, when you're awakening or expanding this contraction part of your body, that's, that's how we start to heal. And oh, it's, it's just a beautiful practice and tongue scraping and lemon water for sure are such staples. So yes, I love those. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, well, thank you so much for all of your tips and sharing your story. It's been so awesome to be there around your journey. And these tips are so transformational, no matter what dosha you have and I know our audience will just love them. So if you're listening, we can't wait to hear how they go. Let us know. Um, and we want to hear more about you and your offerings, Ashley, and how our audience can find you and connect with you. Yeah. So I, my name is simple, Ashley Ayurveda. Um, so that's my Instagram. That's my Gmail. And that's my website. Uh, so again, that's Ashley Ayurveda. You can find me there. Um, so what I'm offering is one-on-one -on -one Ayurvedic holistic health 
coaching, um, along with some body therapy. And the body therapy is, it's really body and mind therapy. Um, it's physical and energetic at the same time. Um, it's a mix of polarity therapy, marma therapy, which is kind of like acupressure. Um, and I also use tuning forks and sound and vibrational tools um, to help you connect to your body and help the body heal itself on its own, the way it's designed to. Um, that and then I also teach yoga. So if you're in Florida and want to come take a class, let me know. Um, and yeah, I also, oh, I also have a meditation podcast now as well, which is a lot of fun. Um, and the meditation podcast, I'm just guiding you into relaxation. And then we'll be sharing a channeled message or guided message um, to you and your subconscious. And then um, that's called Listening to You Meditation Podcast. And I'm that's on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And then, yeah, I think that's about it. So, yeah, you can find me at Ashley Ayurveda. Um, if you have any questions about anything I said as well, um, definitely email me and contact me and I'd love to talk. So, yeah, that's it. Oh, lovely. Yay. Um, beautiful. Thank you so much, Ashley. Can't wait to connect deeper um, and have you on the podcast again. Yay. Thank you. All right, everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening again today. Um, you can find Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Ayurveda. Feel free to reach out with us. Any questions? Let us know if you take on any of the recommendations and we'll see you next time.